Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Welcome to Season 2. It's a big change. It's entirely new. It's a big, it's Season 2. Season 2. It started just like that. The whole new world is here. Just like the old days though, right? Just like the old days. Remember this? Then about now, they used to go, here we go. Brothers, sisters, siblings, welcome to Penn Sunday School Season 2. Season 2 starts today. (laughs) And Matt Donnelly, we're broadcasting from Ready Rich's house. (laughs) This week... We're looking at a brand new Penn Sunday School. Brand new Penn. But, but, but in a very old school way. We're looking at an old school throwback Penn in yeah. modern times. Yeah. It's what we need. But you know what we're still doing? Preaching love. We sure are. Here he is preaching the love. Preaching Penn love Gillette. on Sunday School. It's a whole new Sunday School. <laughs> it's a whole new Sunday. Yeah. Totally new. Yes. There are going to be, and I know uh, we got to talk to the Patreon people. Well, we gotta, we gotta, we're talking to them now. We're talking to them right now. We're talking to them right now. Because uh, some people uh, were sick of the ads, mm-hmm. and they became Patri- Patreon people, yeah. and we're sick of the ads. Yes. So fuck the ads. I'll tell you, we would get, we would get a groove going. Yeah. We'd be talking, and then I'd have to do ads. And for very good stuff. I mean, we were the only people. That's not true. We were people yeah. who were who were careful about what we advertised. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember they used to write to me and say, yeah. do you want to advertise this Hard on pill that doesn't work. Yes, and I go no, no. Do you want to say especially DNA tailored vitamins? Yeah, yeah. We wouldn't sell that no. shit. Even the stuff that was good that we mm-hmm. sold, which was all good. Yeah, I just thought it's hurt the groove. So now we're starting a podcast. It's going to be season two. Season two. There's some changes for season two. Yes. Season one was how many shows? Nine hundred and twenty-seven. <laughs> nine hundred and twenty-seven. <laughs> season one. Yeah. Season two is going to be nine hundred and twenty-eight. <laughs> season two, we got expanded a little bit. <laughs> we expanded for season two. Uh, it's going to take a little longer to get there, though. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. So, so when you first started joining uh, different podcast networks, yeah. they all wanted you to do multiple episodes. When you first started the podcast, you liked doing one, nice, one episode a little longer than the way the, the the people the brand podcast companies wanted. Way, way, way back um, when I was doing uh, uh, radio, yeah, they told me. <laughs> When I was doing the radio show that was going on in the Stern Place on CBS. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, they once told me, it won't take you any longer to do two hours than it does to do one. <laughs> Executives actually told me that. They really did. With a straight face. And I said, well, it, it'll take an hour longer. <laughs> Minimum. Not even in growth. I could have been dramatic and be like, it'll take me twice as long. <laughs> Just matter of fact, cold science. Yeah. It'll take me an hour more. Yeah. 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 No. And, you know, they they also were ignoring any prep, which is wise because there's no prep. <laughs> 
But yeah, they, they did that to me on this. They yeah. said, we want two shows a week so we can sell twice as many ads. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, I finally, it was a lot of arguing. Yeah. But I finally knuckled under. But it also meant that they wanted to do, when you do the shows in the middle of the ads, it makes it like it's four shows yeah. instead of one. Yeah. And all we really want to do is once a week we get together, we talk to folks. Yeah. And we have enough to talk about for one. So what we're trying to do from now on is to rely on the Patreon people. Yeah. Basically, there's been a lot of shakeup in the podcast world and mm-hmm. other higher profile people on our same network, you may have noticed they're saying they're taking a hiatus or no longer doing their podcast. Were it not for Patreon, we would be considering the same options, but we have a really great uh, amount of people supporting us on Patreon. Yeah, we're going to start doing more for the Patreon people. Yeah. I'll start sending more pictures, and we'll start doing those uh, gangbangs. What do you call them? Uh, Zoom hangs? <laughs> Zoom hangs, which I Generational call- terms. We yeah. call it all different things. Yeah. Zoom yeah. hangs. Zoom yeah. hangs? Yeah. yeah. We just we just we just get them all get on the zoom and, and, and talk to with folks you. let them let them ask stuff because that was fun we did yeah. that once for random yes which by the way I'm not going to complain about this at all because mm-hmm. I don't I, I do I do very well and for me to complain I think is tedious mm-hmm. but I made a deal with Skydance mm-hmm. which is a big hairy company. Yeah. You know, I asked them, I had a meeting with Scott Hans and I said, so what projects have you got coming out? And they said, the new Mission Impossible. <laughs> Anything I might've heard of? <laughs> they were talking about, you know, Tom giving him a call about, yeah, the, yeah. about what screens he's on and so on. Yeah, actually, the phone rang, it said Tom Cruise and they screened it because they were talking to you, right? Yeah, exactly. So, I said, just so you know, I'm not taking this call because no, you're serious. important to me, Pat. Yeah, yeah. The uh, ringtone was Mission Impossible in 4-4 time. <laughs> Can you sing Mission Impossible in 4-4 time, Ready? I always have to work on it, but they did it on the first Mission Impossible movie. The Edge version. Is that what it was? Yeah. Yeah. Dun, 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 dun. Wasn't that what it was? I'll do the bass line. You can come over the top of it. Okay. And I went to see the first mission to pause. Am I am I just saying did I just say that I had this great employer that I really liked and now about to trash one of their products? Is that what actually just happened there? Is this where we're going into? This is why we can't have nice podcasts. This is truly old school Penn Sunday school. Yeah. I went to see the first Mission Impossible. Now, I loved Mission Impossible when it was on TV. And one of the things I loved the most about Mission Impossible was I had to explain to my parents what was happening. My parents never understood the Mission Impossible TV show. No, no, that's Roland Hand dressed up as a South American dictator. (laughs) And he has a mask on. It looks like the same person that was the South American dictator. It is. <laughs> but in the story, it's Roland Hand. Yeah. Yeah. And that's Cinnamon, and she is trying to get the attention of the South American. De- but how do you know it's South America? Well, it isn't. It's a non-existent yeah. country. It's a fictional country. But that's where they have dictators. <laughs> that was before we had them right here in the U.S. <laughs> Mission Impossible would, would have, on TV, would have a field day. So I remember so fondly the way my parents' living room was set up 
was my dad had his chair in the back, my mom had her chair in the front, and I had the couch on the side on a long, skinny living room. It wasn't very long, but skinny living room. And I would lay on the couch there with my foot up on the coffee table, and I would explain Mission Impossible. So I went back to try to watch it, and um, it's terrible. Ah, The original TV show is terrible. Right. But I remembered it so, so fondly. Yeah. Um, so, but, it, you know, for... You know, times change and the pacing and the, you know, even the grass doesn't look real, right? You know, right. It, so uh, it's all shot in a back lot. And, and you know, you get sick of South American dictators. I mean, South America did. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, when the Mission Impossible came out, the original movie one, the original Tom Cruise Mission Impossible, uh, I said to everybody, jokingly, well, the big change they're going to make is put the theme in 4-4 time. Because the theme was famously 5-4. Bum, 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 Lalo Sheffrin, right? Sheffrin, whatever. He wrote it in 5-4 on purpose? Or just that's the way he wrote it? No, because what is it? Everybody knows an example. What was it? Is it is it Halloween? The composer didn't know that he wrote it in a weird time stamp. Oh, really? Yeah. Terminator okay. is not in five, but nobody knows what it actually is. It's just ah. wrong. <laughs> well, you know, uh, that song by Bob Dylan, Nettie Moore. Mm-hmm. Uh, see, you're back to old Sunday school when I talk about Bob Dylan. <laughs> that song's in 11. And then it changes to 13 in the next verse, then goes back to 11, then goes to nine. Who is that for? I don't know. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think Bob Dylan is counting it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He just comes in when he wants. But I believe Lalo Schifrin, let's do this in five. Yeah. And you've got, you know, Take Five, Mission Impossible, and then you've got uh, The Beginning of White Room by Cream. Bum, 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 bum. Matt can't hear it anyway. Yeah. You dickhead. So I said, jokingly, just as a gag. I said, they'll put it into 4-4. They'll yeah. round it off. Uh, meaning they'll take what was interesting and vanilla it out. And I thought I was kidding. <laughs> and then You're I not. predicted the future. Yeah. What if a reality host became president? We thought we were kidding. <laughs> we weren't. But the Mission Impossible remain, uh, actually, they do their job well. Yeah. You go to see a Mission Impossible movie, you're excited. That's true. It's not really his fault, by the way. What? His multi-tap delay doesn't work in five. The edge. Oh, okay. (laughs) I didn't remember that the edge did it. Yep. You know, my thing about always calling people by their stage names. Yes. Okay. I I refer to Piff as Piff. Yeah. And you know, my, uh, the porn people that I know, I refer to by their names. I I, I don't say their names because they don't want to be associated with me. (laughs) Uh, you know, and I call handsome Jack handsome. Everybody else yeah. calls him Lovick. Yeah. I call him handsome. And uh, I like to do that. You know, um, I call Mac King Mac and not Kervin or whatever his first name is. That's pretty universal though. I think everyone calls him Mac. Mac King. <laughs> I feel really strongly about that. And I was really, really happy. Uh, a friend of mine on the new YouTube record, YouTube, no, you too. On the new U2 record, mm-hmm. uh, played part of the orchestra. Oh, cool. Backing them up. 
And uh, she said that Bono says, uh, hey, Edge, made me very happy. Oh, man. Yeah. How much would you hate it if I called Teller by his dead name? Oh. His first name. Would that be terrible? It would be terrible. Uh, he would hate you too. He would, oh yeah. Well, he already <laughs> hates me. I mean, there's, there's no problem there. <laughs> yeah, that'd be weird. And then it'd be weird for other people who are in the organization too, because yeah. you got to go like, do I But you always know. to that level? We always know when a magician yeah. doesn't know Piff at all. Yeah. When they're totally oblivious to who Piff is, yeah. they come back and go, hello, John. Yeah. I'm with the magic, uh, I work with the magic member, you know. I yeah. He sincerely does not care. Like, I call him Piff all the mm -hmm. time, and there's no, like, weirdness at all to that. He responds to that. No. But he, he, he when someone calls him John, it's always weird. Yeah, basically. Except for Jade. Exactly. Because Jade should call him John because I'm not sure you want to fuck someone called Piff. <laughs> right. But that thing is like, it's almost like even out of respect for that. Like, I'm not on that level. I'll, I'll, I'll stay with Piff over here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I think that's true. Yeah. And you know, um, when I was around Iggy Pop, yeah. I called him Iggy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Others would call him Jim. That's got to be weird. Yeah. I, I, call him, I call him Iggy. Yeah. Like people who always talk about like casually know Robert De Niro and go like, oh, Bob, yeah, no, when Bob tells me this, I always say whatever. And it's not even Robert. One exception to that was when Arthur Penn yeah. would talk about Dusty. It always, it always made me smile. He didn't say Dustin Hoffman. Oh, yeah. He'd yeah. say Dusty. We were working on, uh, you know, Dusty did this yes. and did that. That's kind of nice. Or when there's a total nickname that has nothing to do with anything, like Jonathan Richman, yeah. his close friends call him JoJo. Oh, for like no reason you can tell. That's nice. I'm 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 just a first and last name guy. No one calls me shit. <laughs> I'm, I'm not even just because there's so many mats. Yeah, I'm always Matt Donnelly. Yeah, you you get you get more syllables out of people. I do. I demand it. <laughs> you demand <laughs> Matt demand. Donnelly demanding more syllables than others <laughs> for over thirty years. Teller one time was like, why do you go with the mind noodler when you're performing? Why not Matt Donnelly? It's a good name. I go, do you know how many Matt Donnellys there are out there? It's a ton. A there ton. Plenty of Matt Donnellys. Was, but how many aren't firemen? <laughs> That's it. So I was performing, first time I was performing in Elkton, Maryland, this big billboard. I, they put up a billboard for me, which is great. And there also was a billboard saluting Sergeant Matt Donnelly retiring from the police force. Same week. <laughs> Billboards within a mile of each so other. So I was on an MTV 4th of July cruise. <laughs> when was this? Uh, I think it was like way back. Yeah. Way, way back. Like the 80s? Like when they did live events. Yeah, yeah. Or okay. maybe it was the 90s. So the fact that you said you weren't on Ridiculousness eliminates the last 10 years. <laughs> and uh, we were on the boat Yeah. Uh, near the Statue of Liberty. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, Dusty Hills, who was, uh, you know, uh, we miss him. He was the bass player for ZZ Top, mm -hmm. who died a couple of years ago, I guess. Dusty Hill was there. And Don Johnson. And it was Don Johnson, Dusty Hill, and me. There might have been someone else. We are standing there talking, waiting for our shots, going, Oh, it's the Statue of Liberty. Isn't that far out? Whatever <laughs> we're going to say. <laughs> Whoa, look at those fireworks, man. <laughs> That's rad. <laughs> Look at those tubular fireworks. Whatever Don Johnson was going to say. Let's buck. Whatever he was going to say. You know? And uh, the only, I'm about to tell you, 
the only funny thing Don Johnson ever said. Oh, okay. Okay. I said, well, you know, my name's Penn Gillette. That's my actual name. And so, you know, I'm pretty much going to go into show business with the name Penn Gillette. And Dusty Hills said, well, you know, Dusty Hills, you're going to, you're going to go into, you're going to go into show business. And then Don Johnson said, and Don Johnson is a shipping clerk in St. Paul. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Don Johnson is not like a superstar name. No. And he he had to, yeah, he can't even go, he has to be Don Johnson because he can't even be, you know, Johnson or whatever, because there's, it's everything, everything was too common. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Johnson is what the fifth most common name. I think so. Yeah, you know, Michael Jackson is the most common name. Like Michael was the most common first name. Yeah, and Jackson is the most common last name. All right. So that's you could get that famous, Matt Donnelly. That Matt Donnelly. Right. All the others would just go because you know there's like three radio hosts named Michael Jackson. Yeah, and there's like. Tons of people named Michael Jackson, yet there's only one Michael Jackson. So I think you're shooting too low, Matt Donnelly. Good point. Yeah. yeah that's a very convincing argument. Very convincing argument. You yeah. could be the Matt Donnelly. Okay. So everybody else would go, yeah, that's my real name. I'm not named after that Matt Donnelly. That's, that's my real name. No, I didn't change my name to be like Matt Donnelly. That was the name I... Really? You were born Matt Donnelly. <laughs> yes. My parents named me Matt Donnelly. You weren't even named after him. No. 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 After the superstar. No. No. Would so, you consider changing your name to Jim Smith? <laughs> <laughs> I will. Jim Smith, the mind noodler. I'm not sure Jim Smith is is more common than Matt Donnelly, is it? It was at one point. It was? Jim Smith was very common? It was the number one name in the country. You're seeing more pens nowadays. Yeah, yeah. You used to be the only pen. But you know, I'm I'm very I'm I'm a little mad at Penn Badgley. Yeah. First of all, so good looking. Yeah. That bugs my ass. <laughs> a, lot. a good looking pen. So I mean, Penn should look goofy. Yeah. Penn should not be fucking hot. That's wrong. <laughs> and Penn Badgley's wicked fucking hot. Yeah. And very talented. And I thought that maybe because he's the right age. When he was born, I was on MTV with Don Johnson. Right. Yeah. Oh, who's the shipping clerk in St. Paul? <laughs> Talking about how the, how the tides were gnarly today. Gnarly. Boy, there's some gnarly tides here. As look at those rad fireworks. <laughs> what do you think, Dusty? What about that Statue of Liberty? Has she got legs and knows how to use them? <laughs> no, she does it because she's a statue. We'll be back with more after this. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, oh, oh.
I thought that, you know, he, he would say, I looked up how he got his name, okay? And I thought Penn Badgley would have the decency to say, you know, there was this dipshit who was right. on TV when I was born. And my parents liked the sound of the name. It's some weird pickle thing at the Super Bowl I was watching. He was an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> I'm fine with that. And then he could also say, is he dead now? I'd be fine with that too. <laughs> he does some shitty show in Vegas. I'd be great. Yeah. But he said, when they were looking at the um, ultrasound of me in the womb. Yeah. Now, by I was not in Penn Badgley's mother's womb. I'm first person referring to Penn Badgley. <laughs> okay, just, I don't want to start rumors. Um, You're in his mom's womb. Yeah. I don't right. want to start that rumor. Okay. He was. So he claims. <laughs> uh, they were looking at the ultrasound and his father was squeezing a tennis ball. And the tennis ball was a pen tennis ball. And because he... Boo! Because <laughs> he was squeezing that tennis ball. They said, let's name this, you know, little peanut on the, uh, on the ultrasound. Let's name him Tennis. Tennis Badgley. Tennis Ball Badgley. Tennis Ball Badgley. No, Ball Badgley. Ball Badgley. No, weird fluorescent orange-yellow Badgley. <laughs> Serena Williams Badgley. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, they said Penn. His, his, his name could be Wilson. Wilson Badgley. <laughs> I know. Wilson Badgley is not a bad name, by the could have been Fidget Spinner Badgley. Just <laughs> in a different room. He, he could have been a left breast Badgley. <laughs> that would be the one to be closest to you yeah. during the ultrasound. But no, he's Penn Badgley. And I thought he would say, you know, uh, my father was squeezing the tennis ball. They said the name Penn. Then we found out there was this dipshit right. on TV also named Penn. And they considered changing it to Wilson, but said, no, we'll stick with Penn. Oh man, Penn Badgley. So uh, yeah, so so. And his little sister, Bick Badgley. <laughs> Bick Badgley. <laughs> Stop that clicking during the ultrasound. Stop clicking. Do pens still click anymore? I guess they don't. They do. They do. If you pay an extra buck, you know, you get the clicky ones. I uh, I haven't uh, I haven't used a pen. The next time I'll use a pen will be on Fool Us, which will be a couple weeks. Oh yeah. Boy, they got good pens on Fool Us. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I got to check those out. Oh, they're real. They write. I mean, I guess pens have gotten better. I mean, I went, I started typing when I was 12. Yeah. And pretty much don't write other than to sign autographs, which is a, a marker. Big fat marker. But the pens now, they're so smooth. Yeah. And nice. And it just, the ink flows out. I always write very uh, studiously in my notebook for Fool Us. Yeah. And the prop guy who replaced the notebook took the notebook back. Looked at it and said, what the fuck is this? <laughs> Who can read this? Yeah. And then when Teller had COVID, which I don't even know if we ever talked about, but Teller had COVID last season of Fool Us or the season before? Last season of Fool Us, I think. He had, he had, he had COVID. He had COVID in the middle there. So I had to do two days alone. Yes. So they, they were going to fill in shots of Teller as yeah. though he was there. You can't even tell, can you? You can't. As though he was there. And then uh, they said, do the same bust you did with Teller sitting there. So we're not going to have the act. I did the bust on my own. By the way, yeah. people who say Penn doesn't know anything about fucking magic. You know something else? Yeah. No one fooled me. That's right. I did eight people. No one fooled me. Eight up, eight down. Yeah. Boom, boom, 
I was curious that we were getting to test the hypothesis when it happened. Yeah, yeah. everybody was. <laughs> everybody said, oh, Penn's alone. Everyone's a fooler. I'm not going to lie. We didn't, we didn't bring up the, the box of foolish trophies and just <laughs> lined them up. <laughs> Get it out of that closet. Let's have it nearby. But I remember Andrew yeah. saying, we've got your notebook from that day, so we have all your notes, so you can just do the bus based on that. <laughs> And he opened the notebook and said, it's the magician's first name and then just grid patterns for the whole page. <laughs> I said, yeah, that reminds me of what I was thinking. He said, what were you thinking? I said, does it remind me now? <laughs> <laughs> Didn't they have to go back and just find what you said and take yeah, notes on it? They had to go back and go back to the... The yeah, video. the video and take notes on it. Luckily, they recorded it. <laughs> and they took notes and came back and said, this is the Dylan reference you did. This is, this is the obscure zoology reference you did. And this is the same tangent you went on highway pylons. Do that again, but do it shorter. And then Teller sat there. This is where you um, smile and nod, Teller. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it wasn't a silent act using things in space so you didn't cry. <laughs> Did they have the pen with the four colors? No, I, no, but that's what Hondro uses. That's my favorite one. Hondro uses a pen with four colors. Hondro's a notebook nut. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Every day. That's my kryptonite because I can't stop flicking the I can't stop selecting different colors just to get that click. Hondro has two notebooks. Yeah. And every day he writes a magic idea in one notebook and a movie idea in another. And then he has shoe boxes full of them because they wear shoes sometimes in Spain. Shoe boxes <laughs> full of them, full of these notebooks. Yeah. And Hondro, when he's doing notes for our show, which he does, bastard. Yeah. Okay, so you're right. Fuck you. That's all I ever say to Hondro after his notes. Um, <laughs> he has his little notebook. Yeah. And you look at his little notebook, and all four colors are used. So I was really interested. I said, what do the colors mean? Like, do you have a, if it's a magic thing, is it red? And if it's a comedy thing, is it green? Right. And if it's, you know, a stage thing, is it blue? And if it's a general comment, is it black? Mm -hmm. That's the way I would do it. And Hondra said, no, when I get sick of writing in one color, I write in another. <laughs> Wouldn't you think you would use a key? Yeah. He insists on four-color pens. Right. It's all he'll use in his notebooks. And I look through his notebooks, and they're all different colors all the way through. And just for no reason. No reason that he knows. That's I mean, bizarre. Maybe there's a little parasite in his ant brain that's controlling that. But I don't <laughs> know. Make him do things no sane ant would do. That's, that's weird. Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to be doing... Um, uh, 20 shows of Fool Us. Yes. 20 closures of Fool Us. And Hondro, I talked to Hondro the other day, and Hondro said, um, I'm not going to be on Fool Us this year. And I said, Hondro, the past two years you've said that, and then you show up, and we're not surprised at all. He said, well, you're not going to be surprised this time because I'm not showing up. I said, Hondro, I can't believe you because you've lied to me. You're, <laughs> you're the Spaniard who cried Fool Us. Yeah. yeah. 
You and Teller were not fooled at all. Not at least. <laughs> goodbye. He hugged us. It was he a said really, goodbye. I was, I was part of I'm the on, goodbye. I'm <laughs> on my way to the airport. I've never seen you two less emotional saying goodbye to Hondro <laughs> than he was saying goodbye to you guys. And he was a fine actor. He was, acted perfect. He did it really well. Goodbye. I've got my suitcases. Yeah. Here I go to the airport. I'm getting in the limo now. Here, won't ever see you again. Not soon, certainly. I guess it'll be, oh, next year in Jerusalem. But I'm, yeah. and then he was there the next day, yeah. fooling us. So he told me he's not going to be there this year. And he's going to be in Denmark with his family. Oh. And he said, there was one day I could make it. And it just, I'm just not going to do it. And I said, Hondro, you know, Helen Coughlin will be there. <laughs> and you've each won five trophies. <laughs> You know she will come and win the sixth. You know that. And Hondro said, it bothers me. <laughs> and I said, here's what you're going to do, Hondro. We will set up a feed to you in Denmark, and we'll set up a special earpiece with you. You watch Helen Coughlin in Denmark, then you tell me how it's done. <laughs> and then she doesn't get her sixth trophy. <laughs> we have 20 closers. Yes. Which means when you watch the next seasons of Fool Us, yeah. you will notice some of the closers are two minutes long. Because, <laughs> you know. There's always, and it's fun. There's always like a trick you can do at home element of it. We're not doing one of those this year. Shut up. Uh, a, you know, a trick with the host. Yeah. Because yeah. the, we have a new host. We have. Buck, buck. Buck, buck. Buck, buck. She's our new host. Yeah. And. Uh, we're ha we're doing some nice stuff with her. I hope yeah. she. We're hoping that she will be. Uh, she, she's no longer jaded. We have her. Uh, we pretty much have her magic virginity. Yes. I mean, because she, as a uh, attractive, um, successful woman, yeah, uh, I don't think has ever seen a magic trick. <laughs> right. No interest whatsoever. And now. Is uh, hosting her show. Or if she has seen the magic trick, then she's already been on stage for a magic trick. <laughs> she has never seeked out. Yeah. I had a friend who has a very attractive wife. He's like, I don't like going to magic because they always bring me on stage and I don't know why. I just don't want to go, but I guess they see that and so they want to pick on me. And I was like, uh, nope, that's not why. <laughs> that is not why. I will actually <laughs> avoid picking people who are too attractive to be on right. stage. It bothers me. It just seems like, uh, no, everybody knows you're picking a person that's too attractive and just don't do that. I agree. I have, I've even seen Piff accidentally pick up someone who's like, like, a, like, like a hot, super hot model. And it's, and he just suffers because of it. And it actually ends up being very funny, but like, he just does not want to deal with someone who's super hot on stage. It's much better to have just someone who's, who's, who's an actual, everybody in the audience relates to. Yes. You want to get right there in the pocket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes you just can't resist. <laughs> I'd like to see that person up closer and very well lit. And I wonder if that clothing becomes transparent from a certain angle under very strong stage lights. I want to find that out. And sometimes it does, you know. <laughs> That's distracting. Have That's... you had that happen? Uh, no, but I've had, a, yeah, I've been distracted by someone being attractive. Both men, male and female. Someone's sure. Super hot and charming. Sure. It really but does make there you are certain where you're going. There are certain uh, dresses and yeah. shirts yeah. that when they're hit very strongly yeah. with a front light, 
Yeah. And you're standing to the side. Yeah. You get a, you get a, you get the, the vision that. Uh, TSA version. Yeah. Pen, pen, <laughs> pen Badgley's uh, father saw while he was squeezing the ball, <laughs> if you know what I mean. <laughs> um, <laughs> Wait, do, do we finish the point you're making about your new no, bosses? I'm, I'm getting there. Oh, okay. Cool. I'm going to bring it right around. That's what I used I, to love I about watching, forgotten. watching, uh, watching Buddy Hackett. Yeah. Buddy Hackett's act. Was yeah. he would start telling a joke at the beginning, then he would digress for like an hour and five yes. minutes and come back to that joke. Yeah, it was it was really really good. It was very good. But I was going to come back around in a more circuitous way. Anyway, then continue. We're going to uh, we're going to do uh, twenty shows, mm-hmm. and we'll be on. Mm-hmm. And uh, 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 we're we're using her for a lot of stuff. Because we figure she's brand new. Yeah. And uh, maybe she's not. It wasn't that. I mean, Allison stayed really interested and never jaded. No. But you knew in the back of her mind she was going, is it going to be another top change? I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. If I'm not supposed to look at it, then you already know what it is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Little things like that. But we should be able to fool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we have 20 shows to do. You're going to shoot some stuff without an audience? Shh. <laughs> we are, audiences are expensive now. Yeah, yeah. And audiences are also dangerous and stuff, COVID and so on. Yeah, yeah. So um, we are, uh, audiences are really expensive. Isn't that amazing? You know, our show, our show costs like what? 80 bucks to see it. And you can come to see Fool Us for free. Yes. Absolutely for free. Yeah. And yet it's hard to get an audience because yeah. it's in the afternoon and they may have to sit there for a while. And yeah, yeah. so it's hard to get, then you have to find someone to wrangle them. You have to have someone out front. You have to have someone to keep them amused in between. Uh, it's expensive. Yeah. So they have now looked at the camera shots and they figured out exactly in my wide shot and my close up how many people you could see in the background, and those are the exact seats they're filling. <laughs> Isn't that great? Yes. So if the it's cameraman smart. happens, it's movie make it's, 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 it's the cameraman happens to pull back just a little tiny bit. Yeah. Oh, we're doing a great trick with a cameraman too. Were you oh there for yeah, that, yeah, 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 yes. Oh yeah, we're gonna do a trick for a cameraman, which I think will be really funny. And uh, we got a lot of good stuff. I'm surprised, really, because. Um, this is season whatever. They're calling it 10. I call it 11. It's yeah. actually 12. Right. Um, that many seasons, we should be scraping the bottom of the barrel. No, it's not. And the bottom I... of the barrel, there's some good stuff. Yeah. it's. I'm really proud of this season. I mean, we'll see when we shoot it. Maybe I'll suck in front of the camera. No, but I, I still remember the first meetings where we were like, all right, we got to have 20 closer meetings. You have to 21 or 22 ideas. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I just thought this is going to be a dark meeting. It's going to be a tough one. We'll mm-hmm. start off good and then we'll start counting and feel bad. Mm-hmm. And then we started counting and everyone still felt good. And it was, was 28. Like, yeah. You you actually were like, what do we, let's eliminate some. Yeah. And I was like, what? We, we were 28. We were 28 bits yeah. that we really liked. And we've gotten three ideas since then. Um, right. Uh, so we got the next season almost done. Yeah. Uh, we're, we're very, very happy with it. And I'm also doing something, you know, um, season whatever. Three or four seasons ago, I was writing stuff and putting it on prompter, and both Teller and Andrew were yelling at me, saying, "When it's on prompter, you're just not as good. Mm. Uh, it's better when you're making it up as you go, mm-hmm. and it's looser and wilder and all that." So uh, nothing's on prompter this year. 
Nothing. Wow. Nothing. That's uh, so I'll be I'll be look when you see me looking at the camera. Yeah. I'm not reading over your face as you're sitting at home. I'm <laughs> looking out at you. All right. So I got you know full is going, and I guess I like that adjustment a lot. By the way, what's that? I like that adjustment. You're not reading off prompter. Yeah, yeah, it's better than it. Yeah, yeah. But boy, prompter makes everything so much less tense. And you're also oh, very just, good at it, which is a different thing. If you were if you were straight like host host, if you were Buckmark, then <laughs> yeah. then prompter your face off. You're very good at it. But uh, I understand the the performance energy. I do like the idea of it. Also, you come up with different stuff, and yeah, I say different. You things. react more, and yeah, yeah. I tend to be able to make shit up. Yeah, we'll be doing that, and I don't know how how they found twenty shows worth of foolers, but I guess they're they're digging around. Uh, a lot of kids this year. A lot of kids with your magic kit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but they're so cute. Just. Just uh, you know, I don't know how many I don't know how many different ways you can code paddle. But, Is uh, the ball and vase going to fool you guys again? <laughs> Remember, we had one. I'm not going to say the name, and don't you say it either. We had one guy on, yeah. who was so bad he fooled us. Remember yeah, that? I do. I do. He was so shitty, yeah, that we couldn't believe he was doing it the way we thought he was doing it. So we thought he'd come up with something new. Yeah, he. Uh, this person was trying to do sleight of hand, and in rehearsals <laughs> was doing it super fast. Yeah. But with about a 50% hit ratio mm -hmm. of being able to pull off the, the super fast move. Yeah. So when the time came to do it on stage, he, he slowed it down tremendously. And so basically just did something right in front of your face that was stupid. And, and we like, knew exactly how it was done. And so did the entire audience. <laughs> and we were, it, it became it so very, slow. very meta. Yes, it was very meta. Because we said, well, it couldn't be that. Yeah. So it must be this. That person is why I went on the show. <laughs> like, I'm doing a show that these guys definitely know and help me out with. They might think I'm double bluffing like that guy. <laughs> that was my, only, my only shot at fooling you was that. Yeah. And Teller did that once with a wrist chopper too. Yes. And I said, Teller, it's a fucking wrist chopper. <laughs> and finally, they actually had to cut it out because I finally went, Teller, shut up. It's a motherfucking wrist chopper. <laughs> Because he was going all the way around the barn because it was painted differently. Yeah, no, that magicians and uh, like we're we're going nuts on that. Like this is a trick that everyone has done. Why why is it on fool us? But that magician is a good guy. I know him. He's he, he's uh, up in Canada. Yeah, he gave them three things, uh -huh. and that was on his tape. You know. Yeah. And he's like, well, this is my most. This is I, I kill with this, but they're not going to want this because it's a wrist chopper routine. Yeah. And Foolus was like, we really like you. You do a good job with that routine. Yeah. And he's like, really. So he felt self-conscious going on the show with it. And then Teller was was deliberating forever. <laughs> I said, Teller, it's a wrist chopper. I don't think so. He's got something going. That's not the way it's, I don't think it's the way it's normal. He didn't chop his wrist. It's the way it's normally done. It's a wrist chopper, you stupid motherfucker. <laughs> it's a good looking one. It's really shiny and fancy. And they were saying in the ear, listen to Pat. Just listen to Pat. <laughs> So the double bluff has come up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Double bluff has come up. Okay. But uh, this time with we will have a yeah. – uh, I'm excited about this season. Yeah. I mean, you, re you really are doing tricks that – you've already put a bunch in your show. Yeah, there's six in the show. Yeah. And, and they're good. And that's the thing is like you, you've put like six staples in your show. <laughs> like it's just crazy that this is – it's really cool how much cool stuff you come up with. And yeah, and even your new ideas that you haven't even done yet – Seem like they'd be very like I'd be excited to see you do. Yeah, 
And one of the reasons the stuff's gotten better is Hondro. Hondro yes. flew out twice and helped write with us. And you helped too. Yeah, yeah, but I, yeah. I don't, I, I don't ever invent stuff for you guys. Uh, I help shape perspectives yeah. and angles and you stuff do. like that, right? Writing angles, stuff like that. But I don't invent. Ever. Now we're doing another one that you will be. Uh, we're doing the same trick again. Okay. The same premise of uh, doing a big stage illusion impromptu. Yes. So we're going to need you to help. Uh, and me, and we're having uh, Mark Wilson's granddaughter on. Oh, Mark great. Wilson's, you know, Mark Mark Wilson, who's one of the most uh, famous magicians in the history of the United States, yeah. on TV a lot. Uh, well, um, Greg Wilson, his son, is bringing us a prop to use. Uh, that's Mark Wilson's prop. Mark Wilson's granddaughter is going to be the person in the prop because Mox will be in Edinburgh. Oh, Mox in Edinburgh doing the show. Right. So I can't use Mox. So we're using um, Mark Wilson's granddaughter. Isn't that pretty wonderful? Yes. Pretty wonderful. That is very nice. That's good. So, so yeah, we are not touched by the strike. Yeah. Reality and game shows are not touched by the strike, which is how I was able to go on. Title redacted. For non-disclosure agreement. Yeah, I thought you're not supposed to talk. And about I that. can't talk at all about <laughs> title still redacted for NDA. I think I'm not even supposed to say. I'm almost positive you're not supposed. To say. I was on. Eh, you get it. I'm almost positive there's an email chain <laughs> that, discussed, <laughs> that, that discussed that you cannot say what you're saying. Right this now. is season two. Because <laughs> in season two, I'm not following NDAs. <laughs> Unlike season one, when I didn't follow NDAs. <laughs> but Fool Us yeah. is somehow, you know what we did? We even baited them. Yeah. We called the unions yeah. and said, uh, Penn and Teller are SAG and they're WGA and is uh, SAG. Yeah. Uh, can we do the show? Yep. Are you sure we can do the show? Yep. We're going to do the show. Good. You know, and, and in all honesty, I think, you know. We uh, called Fran Drescher herself. Did you really? No. <laughs> Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. Yeah, game shows have not been a part of it. I've explained this to other people too. CW, fantastic people, are not the biggest players of the producer's Right. The the major battle is against Netflix and Apple. Yeah. I'd say if Fools were strictly a, a Max show or Netflix or Amazon, then maybe somebody would might ask you to do no, something. No, but not game shows. Yeah. Yeah. And uh whatever it was. <laughs> um whatever show that was. Whatever show that was. Um they are uh they're a big show. Yeah. And no one's no one's giving them shit. Yeah. It's amazing. 
Do you have a plan of capturing the likenesses of foolers and using them in perpetuity? <laughs> no. We're in not. fact, he just said audiences are expensive. Yeah. yeah. Which made everybody in the uh, producer's part go like, see? <laughs> <laughs> so I was perfectly prepared if they had said when we talked to them, no, we'd rather you didn't. We were we were gonna, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Can't take me. I'm sticking with the union, and I'm saying, I, you know, I Woody Guthrie. This, this, uh, this, this, this machine kills fascists. I was all ready to do that, but they don't. They told, don't bother. Yeah. <laughs> Should Penn and Teller? We don't give a fuck. Go do your stupid little show. No. We we got we we got Matt Damon. Okay, <laughs> fuck you. You could go go work. As yeah. far as we're concerned, yeah. Penn and Teller, you're baristas. We know you're in our union, but we don't pay any fucking attention, okay? Yeah. Pay your dues, shut up, do whatever you want. Yeah. They, they're not trying to get us on the picket line. They don't give a fuck about us. No. And that's also good because CW doesn't give a fuck about us. <laughs> <laughs> and Hi, we're calling to confirm we're as invisible as we feel. And, and the Rio doesn't give a fuck about us. Penn and Teller putting out entertainment for almost 50 years with only audiences caring. No one in the industry at all. We were on Broadway. Yeah. People would say to me, do you know anybody on Broadway? You know, yeah, did yeah. you meet any Broadway stars? Well, I, I'm on, I'm on Broadway. Or, and maybe this is too much, but, or maybe one of Glenn would call someone involved with the Tonys to be like, Hey, you doing the Tonys about this year's hits on Broadway. We were hit on Broadway and they would go like, yeah, but you didn't sing. Yeah. It was amazing. The Tonys were amazing. We were like, we were like incredibly successful. Uh, three seasons yeah. on Broadway yeah. and the Tonys went, I don't know. It's Penn and Teller. Are they? I mean, okay. What Penn and Teller are in, they're in a Broadway theater. Sure. They're not a Broadway show. <laughs> you, you know, they sell, they sell cookies at Starbucks. It's not coffee. <laughs> You can't call the cookies coffee. Yeah. What's wrong with we always that's been that's been Glenn's whole and you know, do you do you know that they would not even uh for the uh, for the Emmys, yeah, they would we would be up for awards for bullshit yeah. every fucking year. And it would be like, Oh yeah, you're nominated, but you don't have to come because you're not gonna win. You know, everybody else, they kind of keep it, yeah, they, keep you in the dark. And they want you to show up and they want you to sit in seats. And, sure, sure. Yeah. So I was, when we did the Emmys one year, we had to go. I said, we're not, we're not going to win. They want you sitting there. Yeah. Okay. And uh, Dr. Stockdale, Gary Stockdale, great musician. Yeah. He was directing the band for the Emmys. Okay. Yeah. So he had a headset on that was giving him director chatter. Yeah. Because they had to say, okay, and now band, right? He had to have the music already and the downbeat all set, ready to go, and they were going to cue him. So he was hearing all the chatter. Now, Gary's a good friend of mine, great musician, yeah. great keyboard player, great singer. He was hearing all the chatter. And he told me after the show, they, they said, um, okay, I want a, a celebrity reaction shot. Who he got? And one cameraman said, I've got pen. A pen and teller. I got a shot of him. And the director said, okay, we're going to take that. And no, we're not going to take that. He looks like he doesn't give a shit. <laughs> this was when we were nominated. Yeah. I was in the audience this is not giving a shit. You were such a good actor. You're pretending <laughs> not to give a shit. 
to keep yeah, your, like to keep your Emmys, eh? like the Emmys are going to say, and the winner is bullshit. <laughs> That's what they say every single time. It's just they don't use that word. <laughs> So we got beat by, I mean, this was way back in the bullshit days. Of course, bullshit wasn't that long ago because we did eight yeah. seasons of it. Yeah. But we were beat every year by a Queer Eye first street guy. Okay. Queer Eye beat us. At least now, then they watched a lot of shows and nominated different shows. Now the Emmys are like, there's so many shows. We're just going to watch six and nominate yeah. six. <laughs> Ted Lasso, whatever's on HBO. Yeah. Succession. Succession. And we're done. Last of Us. I don't know if we're going to watch anything else. No, then we won't bother. And fool us, uh, they didn't. They didn't bother sending anything to the people who were nominating. Just didn't even <laughs> you bother trying to win the award. Yeah, Glenn just said they're not going to fuck that. <laughs> and yet, you know, they talk about like Tucker Carlson yeah. and these really influential people. Yeah. You know that twice as many people watch Fool Us. Yes, actually, twice as many people. Yeah. And in different demographics, watch the show. We have very, very good ratings. And yet, the television industry, yeah. television industry altogether as one took out a billboard and said, Penn and Teller, face it, we don't give we a don't. shit. We don't fucking care about anything you do. I think they're like, you guys are really nice to everyone. <laughs> You're nice to your crew. <laughs> All the contestants seem to generally have a good time on the show. You don't, you don't purposely celebrate failures for, for ratings to go into commercial breaks. Yeah, we don't do that. Boy, boy, did they push us the first season to do that. Penn really ripped, really ripped someone apart. I mean, you did that on bullshit. You should do that on fool us. You know, and even still, honestly, because uh, I go back and watch a lot of the other episodes, you're more pointed. Like, you, your code is improved mm -hmm. and you're... A reminder to compliment first and then bust second as improved. Uh -huh. In the first seasons, you do kind of have a little bit more of some cutting remarks with the, with the British season. Yeah. The British season, they were really pushing me on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really pushing yeah, me Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I had a fight against it. Now, I've gotten a little more uh, power. On Fool Us. Yeah. On Fool Us. That's it. End of no power, power jurisdiction. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not at home. No. No. I can't even control the temperature of my house. <laughs> I was laughing because I'm feeling your pain. Yeah. No, the thermostat. Yeah. If I adjust the thermostat, it stays that way for 20 seconds. Yeah. No, I, I said to my wife, I said, so the, it's 80 in here. And that's because that's where the thermostat is at. Is that by design? Is what I said. Mine's the opposite problem. Uh, it's 68 in here. Oh. Why are we wearing parkas? <laughs> Oh yeah, with the opposite. I part. mean, are we are we trying to bring America to its knees? <laughs> no, I, and I don't want sixty eight either. No, I don't think I'm a crazy person for wanting seventy seven. I would like seventy seven. Yeah, but I'll tell you, guys like us are never going to get seventy seven. No, no, never going. I let me tell you, I could be driving my car. Yeah, and not have control. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's just against culture. That's. That's, that's, that's anti-American. I'm so hot in here. Turn up the air conditioning. You're in the back fucking seat. <laughs> I'm driving. I should have control over all the controls. <laughs> None. No, no. You can have accelerator. Yeah. You can have brake. You can have steering wheel. You can have turn signals. Nothing else. Yeah. You don't get the radio. Yeah. You don't get the thermostat. You don't get jack shit. Sun visor, TBD. <laughs> 
Maybe. Maybe Sunday. So it's a big sign. Better tell her, show business doesn't give a shit, and neither does your family. <laughs> Shut up. So, Skydance, this big company, bum, 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 bum. That's a and five. They, they got the they got the Reacher, they got the Reacher movies and yeah. everything. They're just real they breaking bad and shit. I mean, yes. they're really, really, really good. Yes. Well, they're making a deal with me for um for random. This is out there. They loved the book random. They loved it. And they want to make it into a show. That's so cool. So I'm in Los Angeles, mm-hmm. right? To do a reading of a play that I wrote. I wanted to hear the the words read aloud. Mm-hmm. Boy, they're good actors. Oh, yeah, they're just good actors. I mean, you you give these actors a script, you give them overnight to look at it. Yeah, just overnight to look at it. That's all they've got. They go with their little highlighters, okay, little highlighters like this, and you see them going what they, what all actors do: bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. My line, bullshit, 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 bullshit. My line, okay. And this is a uh, a um, play that I wrote with Gary Coleman, who's a great improv person, yeah, great actor. It's for two women, two moms, and their two daughters. Four people on stage. That's it. And they did a uh, uh, a reading. Oh, they were so good. I was sitting there going, "Just just do them. Put, <laughs> put them on stage. Yeah, yeah. We don't need to rehearse or anything. They memorize that shit and do it." Yeah. I mean, they're crazy good. And also because uh, uh, Carrie Coleman is, um, you know, she's part of the whole Hollywood thing. There's, you know, there's a billboard that says, Carrie Coleman, show business cares a little bit about you. Oh. Unlike Penn and Teller. <laughs> um, Please don't work and do podcasts. <laughs> we had like people you see on TV doing these readings. A reading like upstairs at the theater for like three people. That's all that we're watching. They were so fucking good. And the play isn't bad. I was kind of surprised. I, I guess maybe because Carrie wrote most of it. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Is this, have you told us what it's about? Uh, I haven't yet. I will one of these days. But the, I can tell you the final line of the play. The, oh, okay. The final line of the play, because I wrote the final line of the play. Fuck you in the neck. That's the final <laughs> line. That's the final line of the play. In that case, I could have seen that play without knowing you wrote it, left, <laughs> knowing you wrote it. So I'm meeting. Scramble to the back of the theater and be like, I will take a playbill. <laughs> I, um, I'm gonna, I was in LA. Yeah. So the Skydance people said, let's get together. Let's have lunch. Yeah. Let's have lunch at the Sunset Marquee, which is where I stay. Mm-hmm. And um, it's really nice. They were really, and they, I don't think it's because of me, but they improved the, uh, the menu. Oh. Many more vegan-friendly things. Very good. Still, potato chips are really good. Good. They took potato chips off the menu. They had homemade potato chips. Yeah. I said, what the fuck are you doing? Then potato chips came back on the menu. I'm not sure it's me. You can't be the only person who demanded those delicious chips return. No, no. Uh, I bumped into Dead Mouse at the Sunset Marquee. Yeah. Okay. I have a lot of trouble recognizing people, but he's covered with tattoos. Yeah. And he's Dead Mouse. Yeah. So uh, Dead Mouse. Well, he's tall, Dead- too, isn't he? Yeah. Dead Mouse is someone that people call by their real name all the time. Mm. Not no. me. Not me. Dead Mouse. Yeah. Dead Mouse comes up and I make a joke to him. Now, Dead Mouse is a superstar. And when Dead Mouse plays a record, hits a button to hit play, yeah. okay, 
he makes more money than you're going to make in your life. That's true. That is true. I believe that's actually literally true. I believe that's 100% true. (laughs) Uh, When he is at the Sunset Marquee, that's a big deal, right? So I said to him, because he's Canadian, and when I talked to him on a Zoom call working, he he did our opening. Yes. Uh, When I talked to him on that, he had the biggest cup of Tim Horton coffee I'd I'd ever seen. Oh, Timmy Hortons. Now, it's very possible he's fucking with me. Mm -hmm. I don't think so. That's how successful he could be fucking with me. I don't think so. Right. I said to him, well, you're at the um, Sunset Marquee down here in the United States. You miss your Tim Horton coffee? He said, no, the the Sunset has a coffee uh, coffee maker in my room, and they, they bring in Tim Horton coffee for me. I don't think he was kidding. I don't think he was kidding at all. Probably even has, you know, maple dipped stuff in his room. Yeah. But the Sunset Marquis. Canadians will tell you that Tim Horton's quality has gone down. You know what, Canada? So has everyone else's. (laughs) It's still better than everyone else. By the way, I don't have in my room Tim Horton's coffee. But I do have uh, carbonated water they put there for me. They put a humidifier there for me. And there's usually a little bit of fruit and hummus. I think it's super high in hotels if you say, like, I don't like the color of this room. They will paint it if you're gone, right? Mm -hmm. And then, but they just charge it to you. you. Yeah. Right. So, Dead Mouse has already paid for it. You know, you know that Tim Horton's already exists on property. Yeah. So you can get Tim Hortons without it paying what he pays for it. It's probably true. <laughs> Give me a little bit of that dead mouse coffee. Yeah. I could probably knock at his door and ask for a cup. Yeah. But I don't drink caffeine. Yeah. I also, I don't like to spend too much time with Canadians. <laughs> so I am meeting with the, uh, with the Skydance people. Mm-hmm. Who, this is weird. I, I'm uncomfortable with this. I like them. I yeah, like, you, uh, yeah, you got along with them right away. Yeah. I, I like I like both of them. I really like them. And I think it may be because the book wasn't sold to them, but they bought it. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, They yeah. read the book on their own time. They bought the book. Yeah. Then decided that they wanted to buy the book. I mean, they bought the, the book to read, then decided they wanted to buy the book to put on TV. I like them. They're really nice. I make really good jokes. Well, it's fascinating because you pitched this idea just straight up without a book. Right. And people are like, mm, I don't know, Penn, you can just, you can work. We don't care. Yeah. <laughs> we don't keep, we don't care. Keep doing your little show. Keep doing your little show. We don't care. Yeah. Don't try to get into our show business. Because we don't. <laughs> I'm do, in your show business. Do your little, mm, do your little you? game show. Do your little magic show. I, I was on Broadway with my little <laughs> sure. three You times. met anyone who sang on it? Because that's all I care. <laughs> but we had yeah. the most successful show on Showtime. I watched the Tonys that year. Didn't see you. Yeah, we had a real successful show. Uh, on Showtime? Showtime, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, Let me know when you've been nominated for an Emmy, then come talk to me. No, we've been nominated for- Well, then when you win one then, okay? I don't care. But we won an Emmy, but no, it was way, way, no. way, way, way uh, Yeah. Thanks so much. Uh, we're not- we're not. Fool Us is the longest running show. Uh, it's the longest we're running- We're getting rid of the chips here. They're it, not coming back. It's the longest running magic show on American TV in history. Yeah. We don't care. We don't care. Sorry. I was trying to think of creative ways to say it. We don't care. (laughs) We don't care. But you know, our ratings are bigger than whose line is it anyway. Here, watching the same two billboards at every bus stop (laughs) in Los Angeles as you drive up and down. Cahuenga. I'm meeting with them, right? And they are really excited. They know the book inside out. Mm. They're really ready to go. And I said, so, and they went, 
Uh, we wanted to have lunch with you and just tell you how excited we are and that there's a strike. <laughs> oh, I said, yeah, right. I know there's a strike. And they said, and we are honoring it completely, which everybody is, by the yes. way. Yes. No one's cheating. Yeah. And they said, so uh, we can't uh, we can't do anything. And I said, oh, great. Have you tried these potato chips? <laughs> and then we, we sat for an hour and a half. Tim Hortons. <laughs> we know I, right I have a secret. <laughs> yeah. Zimmerman's got him up in his room. <laughs> really nice meeting, but yeah, we can't do anything. Nothing. They were not on the, well, I, I can't talk about what their political position is. Right. That would be really wrong. I can't, I can't do it. I'll say that I know, I remember when the first writer strike came up, I was at a wedding with a friend of mine who was a producer of a bunch of shows. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, I don't want to talk about it in front of him. There's so many writers in the room. This might be awkward. And he was, he was completely on the writer's side. And I was like, oh, I'm an idiot. He likes his friends. And <laughs> like, not everybody's supposed to line up the way you think they're supposed to line up. Yeah. 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 I don't know. And I, I, I don't, do not understand the situation at all. No. And I think if they told us that we should strike, yeah. I might read more than just the New York Times. All I've read is the New I've read every article the New York Times has about the strikes, but that's all. No, then when the actors came in, they kind of started talking about how it might be larger than you think. Uh -huh. You know, that like, uh, say, hey, Amazon runs a lot of industries, and if they give in to one union, that might empower another, and things like that. Mm -hmm. That You're like, oh, is this really bigger than just writer? Is this really bigger than Hollywood? And that kind of stuff. But you know what I worry about, and I don't know, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Is that how, how they always tell you that every election for president is the, the most important one in history? Yeah, yeah. And then there was the one that was the most important one in history, and we fucked that up? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know if they'd never said it before right. if we would have done it right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just know that when my father was alive, yeah. Trump wouldn't be president. No. That takes a dipshit like me. You know, yeah. I'm the one that's in the pocket, right? Old people run the world. Yeah. I'm 68. Hmm. I ran the, when, I, when we became president, I was what, 65? Yeah. When my dad was 65, someone like Trump wouldn't have been president. That's yeah. all I'm saying. Right. I think we're being run by dipshits. And when I say dipshits, I mean me. Yeah. Yeah. It's unfortunate because it's, a, it's, it's, a, uh, it's, I was laughing with my, uh, wife because like I can't even escape like I, I look at TVs and movies and all I can think about is the strike and my friends mm -hmm. that are uh, heavily involved well of course the ones I mean this has been said a thousand times yeah but the ones that are really getting fucked are the working actors yeah that aren't superstars exactly I mean that's the thing so you know Oof. they say like uh, 80 was it 83% of the people uh, of people in SAG-AFTRA don't have medical insurance through SAG-AFTRA you have to make 26,000 a year on SAG after projects to qualify for it. So the majority of people, and that was definitely me for many years where I just made, you know, 10 grand here, 12 grand there, whatever, just working, gigging, finding some stuff to do, but never quite getting over that hump. Mm -hmm. It's not spoiled. Tom Cruise were worried about. And if your family, yeah, if your family is headed by two actors who are both working and doing well, yeah. uh, now, now you've got a family that's having trouble getting money. Yeah, that's the, that's the part that breaks my heart. There, there are people that are going to end up uh, leaving Los Angeles. But I will tell you, if you want a good male prostitute <laughs> in Los Angeles yeah. now, now's the time. Now's the time. Now's the time to strike. It is a buyer's market. <laughs> I'm, t I'm telling you that right now. Yeah. At the Sunset Marquee. Yeah. Send the potato chips to my room. 
<laughs> Dead Mouse and I'll be there. We'll bring the Tim Hortons coffee. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So yeah, we'll we'll see. I, I, I hope I hope that cooler heads prevail sooner rather than later. But I don't. It's really hard when you these giant companies. It's uh, Apple, right? We're not dealing with back in the day. You're dealing with like you know Warner Brothers and Paramount. You know. Apple. They deal with the biggest company in the world, right? Isn't Apple close to that? Yeah, Apple is, and then Amazon's up there too. And they, we'll wait them out. They're, they're security <laughs> guard two can wait out Apple. <laughs> That's tough. These these companies have other income flows. You know, it's going to be weird. It's going to be strange. A person that I talked to was very knowledgeable, mm-hmm. and I don't want to say who it is because well known, but said I'm an optimist. I say end of the year. Ah! <laughs> Yikes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, if that's the case, I mean, that's it. I, I, I know people who won't, I know people who have to sell their houses and move. If oh, that's the case. Fuck. Fuck. Yeah. It's horrible. Yeah. It's horrible. It's also, uh, you know how good, how good TV has been lately? Yeah. That ain't going to be true. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> sure not. It sure isn't. I didn't even know they had the entire archives of Adam 12. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe I will watch those old Mission Impossible. Yeah. Mayberry RFD had some funny moments. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. Huh. They're doing a big push on the Sopranos. I just know me personally, when I really sat down and were like, this live entertainment thing, the ceiling's not the same ceiling as, uh, as LA, but... The floor sure seems comfy. Yeah, yeah. And, uh... Yeah, you're working. I'm working. I'll tell you. Yeah. If show business does not give a shit about Penn and Teller, <laughs> they don't even know that they don't give a shit about Matt Donald. That's 100% true. <laughs> That's 100% true. There's a billboard saying, huh? Yeah. He's playing Strasburg, PA, is he? <laughs> We're going to bring Apple to its knees. <laughs> Speaking of which, where are you playing there, Matt Donnelly? Uh, yeah, I'm playing. Uh, surprisingly, people are not uh, haven't bought tickets yet to my Philadelphia shows of Smoke and Mirrors. That seems weird. So just let me just be very clear that I'm playing Philadelphia Smoke and Mirrors uh, end of July. Go there. All my dates are at mindnoodler.com. The rest of them are sung pretty well. Philly is not backing you? I think it's because it's the, it's the last weekend of July, and I think a lot of people do other things in the summertime. Yeah, but Philly. I know. We started. Exactly. That's, that's what we started. Weird. I think the problem is yeah. that people see S&M on the club and they get all excited <laughs> and they find out it's a magic club and they're really sad and disappointed. Yeah. But Penn Island, Maryland, that's sold out. Capitol Hilton, Washington, D.C. That's on uh, the 28th. Smoke and Mirrors on the 29th. Come see those things. I'm also going to be playing uh, Tahoe again, Lake Tahoe at the Boathouse Theater on August 22nd. And you're also pretty good now, right? I'm proud of the show I'm doing. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're good. I hear back all the time that you're great. Yeah. I I haven't seen your show (laughs) since the time Piff and I saw it. And Piff said afterwards, whoa, magic is hard. Yeah. If if, if improving from that is considered good, then certainly. I'm not not cutting my hand open and my tricks work. So... (laughs) It's a big improvement on those those ends. <laughs> well, David Blaine's still doing very well, just hurting himself. <laughs> That's true. I shouldn't sell myself short. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm very happy. I really love it. I think as a kid, I always dreamed of stand-up, you know? 
but it, it's the stand-up thing is brutal. So hats off to, to good stand-up comedians. It's so brutal to try to get more than 10 minutes somewhere. It's you have to go out every night. And so as a father of two, magic, something you can rehearse at home. Stand-up's very hard to rehearse at home. Mm-hmm. Boy, able- the cat thinks I'm funny. <laughs> so to be able to put the shows together and rehearse and stuff like that and, and work on new bits. And plus, honestly, the, the whole magic community thing. It's very rare that I can't find someone who's an expert on the trick that I'm working on and get them, reach out to them and have them not give me time and advice on something I'm working on. Magicians work with each other all the time that way. (laughs) It's crazy how much magicians love helping out other magicians. And the answer is the dirty secret is there's enough work. There's enough work. (laughs) There's enough work out there. You can work and I can work and it doesn't come up very often that we can't both work. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And that's the strangest thing that I did not understand at all. Uh, getting into it, but it's, uh, it's really, it's really neat. So yeah, I, I get to work really hard on, uh, on my show and we, you know, we joke all the time, but I think people who are successful in show business and on, on any level have a, a level of, a, of obsession. Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize I'd really figured out as much as I could for me improv. You know, I remember taking a, a, a workshop with this guy, I won't name him, but cause He's an amazing improviser, amazing improv teacher, legendary. And all of a sudden, we're doing this really weird workshop, and he's talking to us about like sociological principles and psychological principles, and we're exploring these really weird, specific avenues of improv. And it's very artsy and different and got crazy results and stuff. But I was like, this isn't for the stage. This isn't for entertaining people. This is this is to explore it on an academic level, and that's not interesting to me. Mm-hmm. I think, and and so I said, I never wanted improv to get to the point where it wasn't about just straight up entertaining people who put their butts in seats, right? Mm-hmm. And so I kind of didn't realize that I reached an end of that exploration until I started lurking on magic, and I was like, oh wow, I I got my obsession brain turned back on in a right. great way. It could be a while before you get that bottom deal. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> There's so much out there that I know that I'll be just a student of it. For a very, very long time. It's, it's, uh, yeah. it's a good thing. What are you doing this weekend? What am I doing this weekend? Oh, I'm doing a Good Morning America. What day? Thursday. Thursday. Thursday, I'm doing Good Morning America. Are we doing a trick? Do you know? I don't know. I've been trying to find that out. No one will tell me. But uh, we might be doing a trick. We've got a good trick for it. I just don't know if they want it. And you've got Long Island on Friday? We're playing Long Island on Friday. What venue? Tell us. Tell us. Tell us. Uh, and then um, we're playing Washington, D.C., or outside of D.C., on Sunday, right? MGM National Harbor. MGM National Harbor, which has, you know what it has at the MGM National Harbor? A gate welded by Bob Dylan. I will be looking at that gate because it's Bob Dylan. But we're doing some stuff back east. And Good Morning America, and then some also other TV. We're doing a Rolling Stone interview, long Rolling Stone interview. I don't know why Rolling Stone's interested in us now, but they are. Tillis Center uh, Friday, MGM at DC on Sunday, Good Morning America on Wednesday and Thursday. Thursday, Wednesday. It's a long Good Morning America, and that's the uh, that's the Penn and Teller schedule. Yeah. And now this uh, now you've heard beginning of season two. Yeah. We really do need the Patreon people badly now. Yeah. This is uh, it. We are a Patreon you know, podcast just to keep keep the lights on. Mm-hmm. We're NPR now. We're yeah, NPR. we're NPR now. Yeah. So we don't do ads. We just beg. Yeah. But uh, I'm willing to keep I'm willing to keep going. I like doing it. I love hearing people after the show tell me that they listen to the podcast. Yeah. I just feel automatically that they're friends. And our Patreon people have been very, very kind. Is there anything you have to explain to people that want to join the Patreon? Yeah. Right now you go to patreon.com slash pen. There are three different tiers. There are really two tiers and a third tier if you want to get like a cool video from Penn. 
where you can send it to your a loved one or a boss or or to yourself or do it could even be a fuck you to someone you hate yeah that's true and then also on that which we maybe we'll lean in more we used to have people come on air yeah and so now we'll we'll maybe lean back into that a little bit and i'm going to send out more you know my book reports yes and uh, i write book reports i write little things up i send short stories that got to them before anybody else when they bought the uh, random yep they got uh, they got books of short stories and i'll give more pictures and stuff like that yeah and we just put up the pictures of you him in spain at that weird (laughs) tourist go away tourist go away you're not welcome welcome restaurant i wonder if we increase their business (laughs) you must i would love if anybody who listens to the podcast is going to that restaurant please Please write in at questionpen at gmail.com. Question yeah. Let me know, because I would really like that. Yeah. If someone else went there and had that experience, I'd like that. Yeah. I mean, back in the day, I, I had success with Patreon on two different podcasts before this one. Uh, and then I was kind of noticing the way that podcast networks go. And I thought, uh, how many how many times can that same pattern happen where it doesn't affect this podcast? And so... I was very happy that it is Patreon. This could have been a time we were taking a break, and who knows what breaks mean. And instead, we have Patreon. And uh, and Matt Donnelly, you the one who saved this Matt Donnelly. Yeah. There's a lot of them. There's a lot of them. This is this Matt Donnelly, the mind noodler, yeah. who saved uh, Penn Sunday School. Well. Yes. I'll, I'll, and, and then everyone who signed up. That was Penn Sunday School. <laughs> Patreon.com slash Penn. Patreon.com slash Penn. Yeah. You become naked, cha-cha-cha. Yeah, patreon.com slash pen, P-E-N-N. We're going to try to keep going. If we can keep going, that'd be great. I'd like that. And in a couple of weeks, I'll have really good stories about whatever. Some show. Some some show. (laughs) With some hosts. Yeah. You know, we love even more now. Everybody to thank there, Matt Dunn? Yes, the five people who are loyal members of the congregation over at patreon.com slash pen. Big thanks to Coach Rat Bastard, Harry Paratestis. I think I said that wrong. You can write me and correct it. Brian Curry, Jamie Swan, David, I'm going to finger your Kunt Brunner, Tristan Connett, Omar Rivera, Mason Gooch, Sagebrush, Matthew Mishu, Luke Mellon, Eileen Hunter, Jason Andrew Davidson, Peter B. Clark, Matt Williams, Soapy Fresh, Dan Griffith, Brad Sherlag, Mike Cavanaugh, Rafiki, Steve Feldman, Jonathan P., NewRuleFX.com, Eric M. Ryan, Krista Hatchby, Luke McKinney, Danny, insert meta joke here, Ruse, I'll get to that, Matthew O'Sullivan, Little Mandar, acts weird as shit but is enjoyed by Joe Bathar Bowers, Adam Stickney, Nathan Julian, Christopher Harris, Petty Officer Scoop, Daniel, a couple of weeks old, but I wonder if the Pornhub magician is Chris Angel, David <laughs> K. Blue Drinks Film says, clear your cookies, baby. Brandon Knapp, Nick Dingman, Colin Durham. And because we only do one show a week now, this, this gets a little longer. Lancey Minshew, Stephen White, Michelle Yeiser, Broken Hastings, Placida Scott, Damian Martin, Adam Luce, Red Random, and he loved it. P.S. My cock and balls don't fit in the dice bag. Yet. I added the yet. Uh, Tim, <laughs> Timo Tihoff, Mark Pickenheim, and Scott Kelly. Thank you so much. Thank you. Really thank you. Now we really thank you. <laughs> oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. 
Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly.